around the corner, we're doing a Valentine's Day episode. But don't worry, it's not going to be totally mushy and lovey-dovey. We're going to talk to one couple who had a horrible first date and somehow turned things around. We're still together. And we'll hear from some Washingtonians about their favorite memories from solo Valentine's Days. But first, this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad first date. Everyone, single or in a relationship, has that one worst date of all time that they always like to talk about. I hear a lot of bad date stories, but usually the person isn't present in the room as they're telling it. But for this one, Ashraf Bojina, a 28-year-old woman in Washington, is still dating Max Ashwell, a 37-year-old Washingtonian, who took her on a horrible date in September of 2015. In fact, they're just about to celebrate their first Valentine's Day as a couple, and they're here to talk to me about how in the world it's possible to rebound from a bad first date to an actual relationship. So Ashraf and Max, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. And tell me, how did you, how did the two of you meet? Because your first date was not just like matching on an app and then, you know, going on a date. No, um, we actually met at a bar, quite boring. Uh, we had a uh, I had a friend who uh-huh. knew one of his friends, and uh, she introduced me to one of his friends. And uh, when he heard my name, Ashraf, for some reason he thought, "Oh, you absolutely need to meet to meet Max because his last name is Ashwell." So my answer was, "Why would I meet a guy I could never marry?" Sounds kind of terrible, Ashraf Ashwell. Um, <laughs> there but are he- other reasons to meet people besides <laughs> getting married, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, but I ended up meeting him that night at the bar, and uh, we decided we could never get married because of our names, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it. Um, what did uh, you talk about? Do you remember? It was brief. I think we basically had that joke, and that was it. Yeah. Okay. No number exchange, nothing. nothing. So how did you find each other afterward? Uh, that same mutual friend uh, had invited my friend to a party, and he invited me. So uh, I went to the party, and it turned out to be Ashraf's party. Hmm. So uh, I saw Ashraf again at this party, and, you know, at that point I was a little curious because she had left a good taste in my mouth after the first time we met. So oh. I, <laughs> a good not, taste. Not, not, not literal. <laughs> that comes much like, are later. you leaving? Are you leaving <laughs> out a first kiss here? Okay. No, no. So I, I tried to interact with her a few times, but obviously she was hosting, so there wasn't much to it. Yeah. Um, it was a rainy night, and the party went on, and everyone just kind of went home. And but how did you end up on a date so the next, uh, the next day, I opened my Facebook account and find a friend request for from Max, and um, I accepted and we started talking just like maybe one or two sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he posted something. No, no. I, no? I, I asked her, I basically asked her out and she said no. Yeah, I said no. Why? I said no because uh, at that point I was going back to France for the summer for three months. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see the point of yeah. starting, like going on a yeah. date at that yeah. point. I really wanted to just hanging out, hang out with my friends, yeah. see them. And, and I said, well... 
my my point of view was, well, if you're leasing, leaving, we have to have a date now then. But she, of course, still said no. I still said no. Uh, so he said, well, okay, but I forgot my umbrella at your place. Oldest trick in the book. Oldest trick in the book. Yeah. Always have an umbrella with you <laughs> in case everything else fails. Um, so I forgot my umbrella. I really love that umbrella. I need to get it back. And uh, so we had to arrange for a meeting for me to give him back his umbrella. Okay. Yeah. And at which point we ha we met and uh, we call this, we don't call this our first date. We call it the umbrella date because it was a secret date. It wasn't really a date. Yeah, it was just like an umbrella just, exchange. It was an umbrella exchange. Did but you leave your umbrella there on purpose? Or no, just like it was just a rainy night okay. and I left it. And I was very openly uh, sarcastic when I said I really needed the umbrella. <laughs> Of course. Uh, so, uh, anyways, we had a conversation, friendly conversation. I think we had some good vibes from that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and after, I think we shared one drink, and then we left, and I had a little bit of a walk, and that was it. Yeah. And then I went back to France for three months, and he actually traveled as well for work, so he was out of the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, but because we had that nice exchange, we kind of talked. We kept like messaging each other mm -hmm. throughout the summer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then when you got back, and and, and so jokingly, she said um, during that time, yeah, she, you know, I made a joke like that was a date. She's like, that wasn't a date. You know, and, you know, I know what a real date is. And I said, oh, so next time I better come correct. Because it was just like you were just meeting up. So like, nonchalant and okay. nothing was exactly. So the idea for me, at least, was yeah. that next time on a real first date, I was going to come correct. What did that consist of? So this whole uh, this whole summer, he was like, I'm going to come correct. I'm going to come correct. So I come back to the country and he asks me out on a date. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any information, so about I what the date would be. about what the date would be yeah. about anything. During one of our conversations, we had a disagreement about American culture or whatever. Um, it's it's a joke. It turns into a joke between us. We actually joke about French and American culture because obviously Ashraf is French, mm -hmm. and I'm American. Um, so when I did the date, it had to mean something. So first of all, it was on September 11th. Oh. Yeah. A special state, okay. Second, Never forget. Secondly, secondly, it was to celebrate American culture. So it was. I took her to the Kennedy Center where they okay. had a show of skateboarding and jazz, two sort oh. of you know iconic, yeah, you know cornerstones. The very of different things, exactly, yeah, of American culture. So I had tickets for this. I also decided that I had to wear a suit, mm -hmm. you know, so. I, Got to show it. that like Americans can dress smartly. We too. can dress yeah. smartly. Yeah. We can take people out on proper dates. And I also decided, you know, I should have flowers. But thinking about this, and I have a friend who's a florist, hmm. um, you know, I said, I need flowers. She said, okay, I have flowers. I said, but I don't want her to have to carry them around all the time. Yeah. So I thought, you know, it'd be a great, funny little idea is if I made a corsage for her. So I had my friend make a corsage what for me. What kind of flowers? Oh, corsage? I don't know. It was a white flower. It's a lily. And oh, it, a and lily. It's <laughs> kind of large for a corsage. And the funny thing about it, she asked me, the, my friend, the florist, yeah, she yeah. asked me what kind of flower. I said, ah, something aromatic, you know, <laughs> something with a strong aroma. <laughs> <laughs> to mask this 
bad smelling American? Or? <laughs> well, I did have to pull the suit out of the closet. Okay. It was pretty deep in there. Uh, so anyway, I hired an Uber driver to take me over to where she was. Now this is an Uber X or like it black was, car? No, I got black car. Oh, no, no, fancy. I got the SUV, the Uber SUV. Oh, so it was really that's true. Tip top. Well, like a roomy back seat. That's yeah, weird. exactly. Yeah, yeah, I thought you know you never know where the night will go. Uh, so, anyways, it was a. African driver from, I believe, Ghana, mm -hmm. and we had this quick conversation. Obviously, I'm in a suit. I have a corsage, so That's I started telling occasion. him what's happening. I yeah. basically told him the story you just heard. I arrive there, and mm -hmm. I get out, and I have my corsage, and I'm waiting for her, and I give her a call, and she comes down to... So I come down, uh, not really expecting anything, Yeah. and... But he was picking you up. He this was picking like me up. somewhat different than like a regular first date, right? I guess so, but... I didn't know where we were going, yeah. so it made sense. Okay. Um, so I just like I, I I come out of the uh, of the house. It's like one of those row houses mm -hmm. with those stairs. Yeah. And so I was on top of the stairs, and I look down, and I see him at the bottom with a corsage in his hand, and next to him an African man, and I walk down the stairs. And as I walk down, the the driver, the Uber driver, yeah. starts clapping. Like literally clapping as I walk down the stairs and as he puts <laughs> on the corsage on my wrist. Yeah. So I look at him, I look at the driver, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. Um, I accept the corsage and I just look at him and say, that is so corny. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I know, with a proud smile on his face. I was so proud of myself. He was so proud. And what's, anyway. what's not great about flowers for you? Yeah, the main problem is I'm highly allergic to flowers, very, very much so. And they give me like the, the strongest headaches, mm -hmm. you know, usual symptoms. So he was so proud of him. Like, I couldn't say anything. I just put on the corsage, got on the car and tried to keep the corsage as far away from my face as I could. Um, so we start talking in the car, it all goes well. We arrive at the Kennedy Center, we take seats. Uh, well, first we went up top to the uh, back deck mm -hmm. where okay. it overlooks the river and we had a whiskey because we both love whiskey. Um, and then we went down to the front of the Kennedy Center where they had built the skateboarding ramp. Oh, wow. And basically the idea was they would play live jazz mm -hmm. extemporaneously and mm -hmm. the skateboarders would skate to it extemporaneously. It was a, a really great show. Yeah, the show was very cool. Very interesting. At one point, I uh, I said, you know, we should document our first our first date. You know, so I take the which happens all the time on first dates. Of course, no. it, there's always someone to document it. <laughs> so I so the I, Uber driver wasn't still around. No, no, he, he really wanted to join us, but <laughs> <laughs> alas, I didn't have tickets for him to get into the event. So. Mm -hmm. uh, so I held up the camera to take a selfie of us, and when I did, she said, oh, I don't want a picture taken, so she took her hand and covered her face, but she took her hand with the corsage on it yeah. and covered her face, and we still have a picture of this. We do, and there was like this rush of pollen just coming to my face. After that, I really couldn't just keep it together. Like yeah. I had like a strong migraine, I was itchy, I was really uncomfortable. Did you tell them what was going on I didn't. Uh, I waited until the show was over, and when the show was over, I turned to him and I'm like, I'm very sorry to say this, and uh, I just have to take this off because it's it's too much, I'm really allergic. To which he was very apologetic, he was like, I'm so sorry, you should have said something. 
Anyway, so we take off the flower, but my headache doesn't go away. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously you don't want the date to end with, like, with an hey, allergic, I'm allergic reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, no way to plan this. Of course, it ended much worse. But either way, uh, I, you know, I asked her if she'd like to have another whiskey with me, and we walked from the Kennedy Center to a bar in Fog- Foggy Bottom. Mm-hmm. And now our recollections of this event differ slightly. <laughs> I remember wasn't that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, the whiskey was... The whiskey the whiskey. Oh, okay. Allergies, okay. You know. okay, okay, okay. Uh, so we walk in, and my recollection is there was somebody at the door in a black shirt, and I said, can we just go sit at the bar? And he said, yeah. oh, I don't know, I don't work here. Right? So we just walked in, and we sat at the bar. Um, and then when we did, she obviously had this headache, and yeah. she said, you know, it'd be, I wish I had some aspirin. Yeah. So I said, uh, we could ask the bartender. And, of course, the bartender replied, no, I can't give you any medicine. We could get fired for that. At which point I turned to her, and, again, our recollections differ. Um, You want to tell what you heard, and then I'll tell what I said? I heard him say, well, we should just ask the Mexicans in the kitchen. They would be way more uh, willing to give us medicine. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And what I think I said, and I'm someone who lived in Latin America for six yeah. years, yeah. Which, which means, first of all, I wouldn't have said Mexicans. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I know I, def- I definitely didn't say kitchen. Okay. What I thought I said was we could ask the Latinos in the back, meaning back there, because they're at the bar area, not the kitchen. Um, so I got my medicine. She got her medicine. Even though I found him very racist in the process. Yes. We kept the conversation going. And he walked me home at this point. Yeah, walked her home. I could tell there was a little distance, but, you know, we, to fill that time, we played an R. Kelly song. Uh, <laughs> Which song? On, on Speaking phone. of sexist pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we're going to have to do a little interlude. What song? Uh, you remind me of my Jeep. I want to ride you. Yeah. So, so very that, classy. Yeah. And <laughs> overall, over? I I don't know. He mentioned the song and told me what the lyrics were. Yeah. Where the thing is, when you grow up French and yeah. you hear those songs, you don't understand the lyrics yeah. and you don't pay attention to them. Yeah. So I didn't believe that was what he was actually saying. So he had to play it to prove it to me. Uh, okay. So that was kind of. Uh, so I also talked. Is that your move at the end of the day? No, you start actually, singing R. Kelly no. put like the girls in the mood with some R. Kelly sweet loving song. Unfortunately, this date was very out of the ordinary for me. <laughs> I, I don't date much, and when I do, I'm very much myself. Uh-huh. And all of this was totally out of my comfort zone, you know. So even when I was telling jokes, I felt awkward because I was trying to tone it down a little bit, which totally didn't work. Um, and at another point during the conversation, I had taught her about snuffing people, which is this thing from the movie Boomerang that Halle Berry does to Eddie Murphy, where she takes two fingers to his temple and just kind of pushes him with his with okay. her two fingers. Okay. It's called snuffing. Okay. Um, is that like when you're being ridiculous? Just like yeah, well, she, hers was like, I'm so sick and tired of men talking about love, like it's yeah. some disease. Love should have brought your ass home last night, and she snuffs him. Okay. And it's a great scene. Okay. Anyone should check it out. Uh, I walk her home. And I take her to her steps, and I go in for a kiss, and of course she snuffs me. I feel like actual, yeah, yeah, fingers actually, to the temple. You're fingers like, to the temple, move his face away I think from he me. He deserved it. He yeah. did, <laughs> but he didn't take it as a rejection, so he went back for for <laughs> another try. 
Wait, no, I actually found this pretty. I, I actually literally snuffed him just to to mess with him. Okay, you know that like pressure of the first kiss. Okay, yeah. I kind of wanted to add to it. Okay, okay. <laughs> so he goes back in for a kiss, uh, and I kiss him back, and it was quite. It was a lovely kiss. Yeah. Um, and then we, I and just then, go uh, home, and he he leaves there. And I go and have a drink because I needed a damn drink after that first day. <laughs> He was stressed out. Yeah. Um, and then he contacts me a few days later, uh, asking me for a second date, basically. Mm-hmm. To which um, I had, like, I let him have it. I'm like, yeah. yeah, but you have to promise that you won't be sexist or racist this time. And or bring like, things I'm allergic to. <laughs> well, I, <know. laughs> I didn't say that. But, um, so he starts, he starts like, what, are, you, are you being serious? Um, I was like, yeah, yeah. And I start, like, Describing how I find him racist and sexist, uh-huh. he obviously disagrees because I never said Mexicans, I never said this. It's a Chappelle joke. Yeah. Anyway, it all just crumbles. Yeah. So basically, yeah, she let me have it. I I defended myself, and then middle conversation, I think I just stopped responding, and she stopped responding, and we didn't speak again. Basically, like you must have not thought he was that horrible if you did like willingly kiss him yeah right like we're we're there was a few things first of all we've been talking for three or four months Mm -hmm. at this point Mm -hmm. uh the second thing so you thought that maybe some of the some of the behavior was like an aberration and not yes And also, he he did put a lot of effort into the date, mm-hmm. and I could I recognized that. Like yeah. I recognized it was a spectacular event. Like the show was great. Yeah. The the whole like suit, you know, the driver. Like it was quite lovely, and I could tell he was a good person. I can. I also had a bit of whiskey, <laughs> not much food. Yeah. After sort of talking about it later, and how did you end up going out again, and what? was well, different on the second so date. Over a month go by. Yeah, I think it was five weeks or so. Yeah. And I was just sat down for a dinner in Georgetown alone. And obviously, what do you do? You start talking to people by text or whatever just to kill the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, who do I text? You know, who do I talk to? And I just kind of realized at that point, the person I most wanted to talk to and most interested in was actually Ashraf. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there had been a slight thaw. Like, we, we hadn't communicated at all, but I think we had each liked something on each other's face. Oh, and that pro- indicates, like, indicates all is well thaw. in the world. It's an opening. <laughs> it indicates it was just enough. Yeah, okay. Um, I can't remember I, what I said. I think I confronted the horribleness of the first date head okay. on. Definitely, yeah. He definitely um, made inappropriate jokes about being a sexist racist. Okay. And uh, to which I laughed. And uh, then we started recognizing that at least it was a great first date story and we both agreed on that and we both said yeah it's been the delight of our friends on both sides and we started saying but we probably have such different versions of it we should tell each other our version of what happened like get together and get together and rehash and tell the way we've told our story Like okay, uh, so we he came to pick me up. He lives like a few blocks away from me, like, really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes to pick me up. I try to put as little effort in my appearance as I could <laughs> to uh, send a good friend zone message. <laughs> <laughs> and we go to a bar, really downstairs from my apartment, yeah. and uh, we just sit down. 
have a drink and tell each other the story and have a huge laugh. And hers, hers, her version is basically what you heard. Yeah. The racist, sexist, you yeah. know, horrible allergic reaction first date. My yeah. version was self-righteous French girl, you know, can't take a joke, wants to, you know, and so we had these different things. Yeah. But while we're telling the jokes, we had some drinks. Had some laughs. Had some laughs. We obviously broadened the conversation. It brought us back to the person I met at the party mm-hmm. and the person I met on the umbrella date, I guess. And I learned about his his uh, Latino background and his uh, his actual work as a gender expert. So yeah. also explained a few things. Uh, I think you know a lot of. Where a lot of first dates go wrong, first dates you can think like, oh my god, every moment is make or break, and I can say one thing to like ruin this, and um, and yet you guys are able to rebound from that really quickly. Um, what advice do you have to listeners out there who might go on like on a first date and be like, oh my god, he said this one thing that was horrible, I'm never going to see him again. Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I think I would say to definitely not overread. Uh, what the people is saying because lots of times you're under so much pressure you kind of blurt out a lot of things that are not necessarily a good reflection of who you are and maybe give them the benefit of the doubt and Mm -hmm. accept the second date yeah Yeah. and meeting up to discuss how horrible it was is like it's a good good move (laughs) to say Max Um, do you guys have plans for Valentine's Day? Like, no roses for Ashraf, I assume? Actually, <laughs> no. she's going to walk into a room full of roses. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate roses, I hope. Actually, we're keeping Valentine's Day plans close to our chest. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Not we, telling the Washington we, Post? We know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I'll find an Uber driver to find out what you're up to. Thanks to Ashraf Bojina and Max Ashwell for sharing that story of how they turned a disaster date uh, into a great tale among their friends and then ultimately parlayed that into what seems to be a happy and healthy relationship. So next time you think you bombed that first date, you might want to go in for a second chance, see what happens. I'll have to check in with them later and see how their Valentine's Day turned out. Whether or not I have a romantic Valentine on February 14th, I always use the occasion to tell my mother and my girlfriends how much I appreciate them when my colleague Alex Laughlin asked people on the street about their favorite solo Valentine's Day memories. They often included celebrations of friendship. Take a listen. I was with my friends. We were at a house. We made cupcakes and played Taylor Swift. We were able to dance around, just be like single ladies together. Last Valentine's Day, me and my friends decided we were all just going to... We actually went to a spa, got massages, and went to dinner. Yeah, so I wanted to mention another Washington Post podcast I've been enjoying lately. It's called Presidential. Every week, my colleague Lily Cunningham focuses on a different American president, highlighting little-known facts about our country's leaders while also discussing their legacies and personalities. One part that's been particularly interesting to me is her exploration with historians of what certain presidents would have been like on a first date. Here's a clip. By now you probably know that I like asking Julie Miller, the historian at the Library of Congress, what it would be like to go on a blind date with these early presidents. I just, I find it a really helpful way to get a better sense of them. So here's what she said about Jefferson. So he probably would have been 
fun, right, in a sense, because he was interested in many, many, many things. Very, very, very interesting house in a beautiful setting. I would get away from him as fast as possible. I, I Why? I don't think he's a good catch, and in fact, <laughs> you could do Why a lot not? better. I don't... <laughs> Really, though, why, why would he... Um, was not always truthful, Thomas Jefferson. He said sometimes said things behind people's backs that were not very nice, and he could be a little tricky. He was very different from Washington. Washington was really a man of candor in many respects. Jefferson was not. Jefferson was really a politician. No, I, I don't think... I think you'd go on a date with him. It would be really fun, and you wouldn't go again. I think you'd spend a little time with him and maybe you would feel that there were layers and layers of things to know about him, not all of which perhaps you would like. You can hear more of Presidential by downloading it on iTunes, where you can also find and rate the Soloish podcast. You can read more stories from Soloish on WashingtonPost.com. And finally, this podcast is not a solo endeavor. It is produced by Pamela Kirkland with editorial guidance from Alex Laughlin and Jessica Stahl. And happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I hope your February 14th is full of love and lots of chocolate. I'll catch you next time.